0: Welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your hosts Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and will be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection.
1: Hello and welcome everyone. We have an amazing show today, I am so excited. Unfortunately, Kyle McIntosh, my co-host, is out taking care of his wife who had surgery today. All is well and we hope to have him back soon. We're thinking of him, um, but I'm gonna do my best to fill his, his great shoes. But today on the show, we have three impressive community members. First, we have Erica Acorn, Vice President and Director or in Business Development for the Tempe Chamber. I was saying my title for a second. Sorry about that, Erica. <laughs> um, we also have Greg Tucker, um, PhD, Chemist and Technical Specialist. And finally, we have Kelly Lorenzen, CEO of KLM Consulting, Marketing and Management. I am so excited to have you all. Welcome.
2: Great to be here. Yes, Thanks for thank having you. us, Jennifer. Yep,
3: thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So, we always like to start this show with just learning a little bit more about each of you, kind of taking us all the way back as far as you want to go, um, but where did you come from, and how did you get to the place you are today? So, let's start with you, Kelly.
3: Me first. Yeah,
0: first.
3: <laughs> I thought you were going to go in order again. <laughs> you want to keep me on my toes. <laughs> I'm Kelly Lorenz, and um, I own a business development firm here in Tempe and a community member at MAC6 that I'm very thankful to have found with entrepreneurs. Um, You know, all of us are very different and similar, so it's been fun to get to know a bunch of people and uh, in this process. But where I came from, uh, Tempe native uh, and went to LA for a couple of years, came back. And started um, my first business right out of college. I owned a real estate practice. As I grow into each new business, it's, it's I'm growing up and growing out in in back into myself. Um, I'm reading a great book right now by um, Oprah, and she has some great uh, tips, but um, especially for life. So I was thinking back when because I knew you were going to ask this question because I listen to your show every week. <laughs> So it's, you know, entrepreneurial parents, um, which is probably some of the reason that I have chosen to be an entrepreneur. And uh, I say I'm unhireable, probably because, because of that, growing up seeing, you know, the, the flexibility, but the hard work and doing what you love and, and all of that pays off to have an amazing life. So uh, that's where I came from and helped my family run their medical practice after I was done with real estate when the market crashed and unfortunately was helping people lose their houses and doing short sales and moving into apartments. They couldn't stomach it anymore. I have a, a soft heart, so I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't do that anymore. So I helped uh, grow the medical practice here in Arizona for five years. And then, um, saw another opportunity to have a retail and e-commerce business, um, fulfillment house for compression stockings because we needed those in our medical practice. So made that a separate business and did that for three years or so. And then figured that I was back to, we built it so big, um, in house, um, that people were coming in nine to five Monday through Friday. And I said, wait a minute, I didn't, uh, start this business to go back into retail, you know, from when I was a kid. So I didn't want bank, bankers hours. And, and uh, so we. I decided to, that was enough of that. and uh, But gained a ton of knowledge about, you know, working with fulfillment houses and, and retail and having an e-commerce site of 10,000 SKUs and all that. And I know it was crazy. And then decided to get my certification in project management. And said, what do I want to do with that? And started helping entrepreneurs with the projects that they didn't have time for or take stuff off their plates and have built this new, newish business over the last four years, um, helping people grow their businesses. So it's really been really, really fun. And taking all the experience I learned in all the other businesses and being able to help entrepreneurs, you know, take stuff off their plate so they can continue to do what they love. It's been really, really fun.
1: Wow. That is quite the journey, and I had no idea about the diversity in the different businesses that you've grown. So interesting, and I think a lot about my own journey, and my parents, my father in particular was very entrepreneurial, and I think that's where I also developed that that love of business and spirit, but what really resonated for me was if you have an idea or you want to like what you just said, you want to create a life, like you don't want nine to five, like entrepreneurship provides that, that vehicle, and I think it's such a special gift that our parents, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like it's a special gift for, that my parents gave to me to see that and just the way that I, I formulated, it and I see it in all areas of, of my life. And so I think a lot about my children and what they see with me and also your children because you have a son and a daughter, right, Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. So they must um, also see, you know, the different businesses that you build and, and I'm sure it's influencing them. And I also see like the wide diversity that you have of like, what an asset you bring to entrepreneurs with all the different experience. And I have so many more questions about your business, but I want to make sure we get to know everyone first. So, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, let's see, Greg, how about you? I'm just mixing up the order.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> everyone on the toes.
2: Girl, boy, girl. That's there a good go. order to mix it up. And <laughs> that's go. how you usually mix it up in a picture. Um, tell Priori, Greg Tucker, we actually had a pre-conversation about this. So in my professional community, I go by Greg. Um, not only I've been in a teaching assistant at ASU, I am a graduate from ASU, fellow Sun Devil. And um, I was teaching at GCU as a laboratory instructor, but due to COVID, um, it allowed me um, not to teach right now. To uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't bestow some of that um, scientific knowledge with the students, but we definitely had to stay safe because of social distancing. But, um, I work for VIC, a virtual incubator corporation in technology venture development, and I'm actually housed here in MAG 6. So I'm probably one of the latest residents here with our virtual corporation where we have different satellite locations across the country. So my background is a chemist. I went to Tennessee State University for a bachelor's, came out to Arizona to attend Arizona State University, and now the School of Molecular Sciences, where I got a doctorate in chemistry, and more specifically, physical chemistry. And with applications in electrochemistry, so I work with different chemical compositions from strong acids, such as um, um, pyrophoric metals like lithium, to uh, hydrochloric acid, to um, air-free compounds. Working in glove boxes, laboratory synthesis, and and I um, used all that expertise under our principal investigator Austin Angel, where I have I hold multiple patents with some of these chemical compounds can be used for batteries, for energy storage, which a lot of people are familiar with, and also for fuel cell technology, energy generation. A good example is that is right down the street in South Phoenix, Nicola Motors, where they're the first trucking company in the country to utilize fuel cell technology versus an internal combustion engine. So I kind of mentioned some of my background in, in chemistry, uh, getting a doctorate from Arizona State University teaching at GCU, And now more so evolution in my career, being a patent holder, now looking at other available technologies uh, throughout the country, uh, throughout the world even. I actually had a meeting today um, speaking with a a group in Austria, but um, looking at different what intellectual property is. Most people are, I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, but most people are just familiar with patents, especially that late night commercial that kind of comes on about (laughs) an invention you might want to... um, um, get filed. And that's usually with the general public, but I work more in the academic setting. So as an inventor myself now, I'm reaching out to faculty and professors and see how we can make a, an early venture development um, and and help spur the American economy.
1: That's awesome. Wow. It, that's super impressive. We were, we were talking ahead of the show a couple of minutes and we we're all saying, we really hope we speak the same language because <laughs> what I really appreciate, and I think this might be the the professor in you, is you're able to like break down really complex ideas into ways that I can understand them. I really appreciate that. And my sister um, has a doctorate in chemistry, and she she actually went on to be a pharmacist. But when she starts talking about chemical compounds, it's like. I'm always like Mich- Michelle. Just tell me, is it this, this medicine or not? And she, I don't. Yeah. And it's funny, but you remind so, me of that. And one last question I have for you um, before we move to Erica is: Have you met the um, people at Park Lane? We call them lovingly our mad scientists over there. They have oh, a clean wow. room.
2: So um, unfortunately, I know Kyle couldn't be here, but I met his father, Scott. In fact, my desk is right next to Scott's, and he was actually going to give me a personal tour. But again, practicing social distancing, physical distancing. um, From my understanding, they just had a new grandchild. So we want to make sure everyone's safe. And I know no strangers, and I can tell him um, he doesn't either. We had a great conversation, (laughs) but um, um, he plans on taking me over there a little bit later after um, things kind of settled down a little bit. But I'm really looking forward to it because you guys have some great entrepreneurs and innovations happening out of there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot the, the scheduling. That would be great because they, um, yeah, the queen room over there is really interesting, and and they tell us about all the, the things that they're doing, and we appreciate it for sure. But I think you would be able to understand it and appreciate it oh, on a much deeper level. So yeah, that'll be great. All right, and Miss Erica, how about you?
4: So I've been at the chamber for two years now. I just had my two-year anniversary last week. Congrats! Thank you. Wow. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I've signed on over two hundred businesses in two years, just to about, give or take. Um, wow. So that's been exciting. Getting to learn all about, you know, local business leaders. Um, Inside and outside of Tempe, you know, people outside of the city of Tempe, they want to work with people in Tempe because it's such an awesome place to do business. So it's been a lot of fun. I have a nonprofit marketing background and kind of our personal journey, how I got here. It's kind of serendipitous, I think. My parents were small business owners. My dad and his brothers took over the family business at young ages. They owned a cheese factory in South Dakota. I grew up in a very small town, 350 people, which is kind of unique and interesting, but I always understood the impact that a business has on a community. My uncle was the mayor, my dad was volunteer um, fire chief, um, so I just always had that good understanding of how the business community, the business side and the community side all have to work together to have a strong, thriving economy, no matter how small and so it just kind of fits what I do now is to make sure that we have a strong economy here in Tempe and even though Tempe is a lot larger than what I'm used to it still has that small community feel and that's one of the things that I love about the chamber and being here in
1: Mexico that's awesome thank you i again i didn't know that about you and it's i i've always i'm an Arizona native too um and so I've never lived in a small town, and I'm always curious of, like, what is it really like? Like, do you, did you really know everyone? Oh, yeah. We knew everybody. If you needed gas, the gas
4: station, one gas station was open just Monday through Friday, but you had a gas key so you could get your own gas. Oh, nice. And the grocery uh, store was closed on Sundays, so everybody could go to church and do those things. And then, you know, you knew the grobies, so you would slightly <laughs> ask if you were desperately out of something. Um, but, yeah, you knew everybody. The closest, um, like, what would we call it now, like a Walgreens-type store was 30 miles away. So a lot wow. different. The nearest mall was two hours away in Fargo. <laughs> That's oh, I'm similar. definitely familiar with
2: Fargo from the movies.
4: Oh, yeah, it's very similar. And sometimes when I get around people from the Midwest, I'll start talking like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So that makes me think um, in a roundabout way. But what we're trying to create at MAC6 is that like small town feel that, you know, we do live in the middle of a big city, um, but we're trying to make sure that people know who's in our little community and how we can connect and support each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that's what definitely drew me in um, when I first joined MAC6 is really building this community to support. Um, entrepreneurs and the dream—you know, everybody that's in our space has a dream and is wanting to do something big and and change the world. Um, and it's so powerful. And I know I enjoy when I'm physically there, but also when I'm virtually as well. I, I enjoy my time with everyone mm-hmm. in our community. But if we could all just quickly share kind of what brought you to Maxix, because I don't know that I fully know the answer to that, and I would love to hear um, either what brought you to Maxix or what keeps you here. Let's just maybe go
3: round robin again, Kelly? I originally uh, came to Max 6 for a show at Phoenix Business Radio X um, a year or two ago, maybe. I can't remember. (laughs) One of my clients, um, I was helping her with marketing. She's like, please come be on my show with me. (laughs) So uh, I came on and met Karen and and fast fast friends, um, instant connection. And then um, came again for a couple other things, and, and just fell in love with with all of you guys and how warm and welcoming you are, and just being around other entrepreneurs. I, you know, I am not for I'm a consultant. You know, for other entrepreneurs who are new to being being to entrepreneurs, and they don't have anybody to talk to. Um, so this was like, oh, I get to find my people, you know for, for me having that for other entrepreneurs. And, and I'm really big on on supporting local business and you know so Tempe and entrepreneurs and I get to support all the local businesses it was like, yep, yep and. Check. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well,
1: we love having Kelly. Um, and Greg, as you mentioned, you're one of our newer members. Um, how did you find your way to Maxix?
2: Yeah, really good question. So, um, with this new contract that I have, um, I'm a representative for the state of Arizona. So they were looking for office space, and I'm very, I'm very familiar with um, co-working spaces. In fact, um, I, I used to own a, a light electric vehicle company, so two wheeled electric vehicles, um, electric bikes, for short, and. And I was um, based out of downtown, so the first space I worked out of was Cahoots, and from my understanding, they were the first in the metro area. I actually Karen, I saw Jenny's on yes. the front of your poster over there, so she was definitely been on the show. So,
0: um,
2: yeah. to save overhead, so number one, save overhead, but then number two, the convenience of location. Um, um, I actually later moved my light electric vehicle to Tempe. Tempe is centrally located in the metro valley, so definitely um, good to be connected with. Um, since I still work at ASU to be uh, have an office here and close by in vicinity. But then number three, y'all, y'all have some great internet speed over here, especially (laughs) if if we're in a pandemic and having to work virtually um, tremendous. And then lastly, it's always what I loved about co-working spaces is the community. Um, Everyone's kind of mentioned that here so far, the personability bumping into Karen by the coffee machine, uh, having our conversations um, Jennifer, you reaching out to me and the the warmness and, and um, Erica, you talking about being in a small town I'm from a semi small town to Colorado Springs, Colorado. And and it's that opportunity to kind of get to know everyone. Everyone is an entrepreneur in themselves. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Sounds like many of you all are, too. So we can share our skill sets. But then when you do finally do business and commerce, Kelly never would have known you sold compression socks. I'm actually from old <laughs> athletic in, in, injuries. I'm actually wearing one on my um, right leg right now. So yeah. But for
3: you, you, you better keep wearing it. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: but at the end of the day, instead of, you know, always going to big box stores, I can definitely come talk to you. And that's what it's about. It's about doing business and um, um, forming partnerships and relationships. And that's what it is. Someone helping you with a product or service. And you're so grateful, like, hey, let me repay you somehow, some way. And we have a monetary system for that or a bartering system as well. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah, we see a lot of both of those around here, but everybody's so generous with their time and, and ideas and and just sharing and connecting. And I think that's what always makes me so happy is when I'm in, in meetings for a lot of time. When we first started, you know, it was really like we wanted to try to uh, make connections happen and kind of be behind the scenes, putting people together. And, and we realized very shortly, like, we don't need to have that much control about it. Like you put great people together and like, It'll just happen organically. Um, and so that's what I love when like I see community members reaching out and, and you know making their own connections. It's, it's awesome. Um, and Erica, so the Tempe Chamber um, Anne reminded me of this story um, your CEO a few weeks ago. That you guys, your official move-in date to, you guys <laughs> yeah. have a, a suite, a private suite office yeah. in our building, mm-hmm. um, was March 13th. Yes. And then shutdown happened March 17th. or like, I don't think you guys went wow. to the office. No, yeah. So, yeah, we had a
4: big event. I think it was March 11th, a Military Affairs Committee Awards um, wow. luncheon. On Friday, we moved to the office, and it was a rainy day, and I think it's the last time it rained in Phoenix. (laughs) We're moving in that Friday. Monday, we came in for a physically distant staff meeting, and most of us never came back to the office. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that was March 17th, I believe.
1: Yeah, so it was about, it was not the start that we um, had hoped for, but you guys are such an anchor in our community, and um, I know many of you are working virtually, um, but there are still people at your office, right, if they Correct. need to come see you.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Mark, our retention specialist, is always in the office. Suki is generally in the office, our vice president of marketing and um, programs, and we are open by appointment only.
1: So yeah. Call, make so an appointment. What? We're friendly. <laughs> yeah. You guys are very friendly. And what do you know Um, what was the draw to Maxix or why the Tempe Chamber decided to join our
4: community? Yeah, definitely. I think the relationship with Maxix started before me in 2018 when I joined. Um, Kyle's been a part of the board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, relationship kind of naturally blossomed because like we keep talking about the community, warm, friendly. How can the business community help support entrepreneurs and the solopreneurs and really the business community. So there was really no better way to do that than a partnership with MAC6. Um, and yes, so far it's been great. We've really been able to connect with a lot of the um, businesses here. A lot of MAC6 members are Tempe Chamber members. Um, mm-hmm. And I've we had our membership 101 last week and that was fun to get to know some more members a little bit better and learn their needs and their goals to see how we can help them.
1: Yeah, it was awesome because we had a, a community member reach out to me a couple weeks ago and just say, hey, I think I heard something. Um, I'm really wanting to provide health insurance for my employees. And as we all know, a small business owner's health insurance is, is a you know, it's complicated. It's mm-hmm. expensive. It's all sorts of things. Um, he said, does MAC6 provide um, like group health insurance? And the thing that made me smile was I was able to say, no, MAC6 doesn't. But let me connect you to the Tempe Chamber because they have a group health insurance mm-hmm. plan. Um, so to be able to just that partnership of be able to increase all of the things that we're able to offer. um, and again, it's really about like moving all the obstacles out of the way to help all of you Mm -hmm. and us achieve whatever it is we're working on. So I didn't intend for this to be a max six love session. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so let's, uh, definitely move on to be talking about you guys and your businesses. But before I do, I just want to share that we are eternally grateful, um, for all of you and for helping to make the community so, so wonderful because it really is what we all do collectively. So thank you.
3: It but should be a love fest. No <laughs> you guys yeah. do amazing things and you should have the credit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel oh, the energy you. in the room right now, even virtually. Yep. Online. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Three, thank you. Yeah. But and I should say and Karen would appreciate my and let's talk about you guys. Because I want to, you guys do, all do amazing things and I want to learn more. So um, Kelly, first talk to us. You shared a little bit about your background um, and how you can help entrepreneurs. But why did you land in the, the new business that you have? Well, relatively new. It's been four years, so it's not that new anymore. Um, why did you start it? And then kind of explain who your ideal customer is for us.
3: In all my other businesses, I constantly ran into, I either need to keep hiring assistants in my first business, I kept hiring and hiring and hiring, could never find the right person to do everything, right? Um, In my second business, um, we went through a ton of marketing agencies with the family medical practice a ton and not everybody did everything, right? You had to hire this person for this and this person for that. And, and we could never find the right fit. So we ended up doing a lot of it ourselves, but still paying them for it. <laughs> In my third business, I loved, loved the marketing, but I had to outsource that because I was the only one who knew all 10,000 options for compression stockings. And so I had to be the salesperson um, and outsource the marketing. And while it was okay, I'm pretty picky about what <laughs> what happens with, with marketing and my marketing. So then I was like, well, I wish I just could hire somebody for just this piece of it or, or for the e-commerce site. Oh my gosh. I went through, I think, $20,000 or $25,000 trying to build my e-commerce site with other people and just kept having to pay and pay and pay and pay. And I'm like, So finally, obviously, I had to teach myself. Um, So I learned all these things along the way. And now I get to offer whatever piece the person either doesn't know how to, you know, the entrepreneur doesn't know how to do. Okay, yep, give me that because I know how to do that. Then they're done that. Or they just don't like it and they don't have time for it. Then I can fill in for that. So I really started this business to be the person that I wished I would have had in all my other businesses and so we've grown triple since the beginning of 2020 um, because everybody's having to, you know, shiv it, shiv it. <laughs> That's a new word. Oh, It's definitely shiv it. That's a good one. I, I think that. I'm gonna use that. Yeah. Um, pivot and shift and, and, uh, really have been so, so thankful that I can just plug in, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs don't have 10,000 a month, 20,000 a month. Like we were paying in the medical practice to, to pay for marketing. Just, there's just no budget for that. And so I can, uh, it's been so nice to just get to fill in exactly how they need me. And then, and then when they don't need me anymore, then they call me six months later. Okay. I need you again. I need my Kelly back. Uh, So that's been really fun to just fill in exactly what I would have wished I had in all those other businesses.
2: Nice. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so awesome. And so you help us with the show um, because Kyle and I uh, need some help with like, you are amazing at like reminders like, oh, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. Or, hey, what about this? And like all the behind the scenes stuff, which has just been Kyle and I comment frequently, like, "Oh gosh, if we didn't have Kelly, we would be off, lost, roaming the desert
3: or something." Because <laughs> that's on- not true. It's <laughs> not true. I just, I just make sure, make sure you stay on your toes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but the
1: thing that you just made me think about. So, my father in law and I own a, a donut um, business, which we started in November of 2019 in the mall, Chandler Mall, and then COVID hit in March. So that was terrible timing for an in mall food business, but we are making it work. But we literally were talking about um, a conversation last weekend where he has a full-time job. I have my full-time job plus, you know, um, being a mom and all the other things we all have balancing. And we don't have the time to do all these things. And we keep coming up with a list of like, we wish we had somebody to do these things. And I don't know why it never occurred to me. But I have someone in my life who can help us with these things. So this, if nothing else, the show is tremendously helpful for me. So thank you all for, for coming to solve my, my problems. But that's awesome. Um, thank you, Kelly. And, and so the, your key, your ideal client is that entrepreneur that's kind of like what I just described with I'm overwhelmed. I need to do marketing. I have all these other pieces. I need to do business development. I need better project management. Um, and that's where you come
3: in. That's it. I, I literally just hold either I hold their balloons for them, right? Their idea balloons. <laughs> Let me hold your balloons, or I plug the hole, or whatever it is. And I, it makes no difference to me if it's for you know two weeks or two years. Or it, I just love the I love the stories of entrepreneurship and all the different things of why you did it and and helping you just keep pushing. You know, pushing that up and up and up. So it's just fun, been fun.
1: Well, that's awesome, thank you. All right, let's move to Greg. I'm going to keep the order the same. Um, so, I'm going to try to explain what I think you do in layman's terms, and then you can correct me and tell me where I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: So, from what I understand, your organization looks at all of emerging technology. Mike, right so far?
2: Yeah. You're, okay. you're very hot.
1: Okay, good. And then you look at it and you see um opportunities that are that have high potential. And then you um put—I don't know what the right words are—petition for a patent. You guys secure patents on these ideas anywhere.
2: Yeah, you're you're hot, not as as hot.
1: Okay, so you should probably take over. <laughs> okay, all right. So
2: so yeah. Um, I also work at Arizona State University, so Skysong Innovations, and it's a TTO, Technology Transfer Office, and, and I guess just to rewind it a little bit, sure. um, fact, so again, I'm an inventor myself. When I was a research associate there, um, I went from the Tempe Lab to the Scottsdale office where I work, but what happens is, is is in the lab, you end up having a discovery, and that's the conception of an idea or some kind of invention. Um, From there, um, normally your professor would want to make a publication of it, but prior to that, if it's a significant invention, you can submit an invention disclosure form. Um, From there, it goes through the proper channels of um, what I do, a tech evaluation form, look at the technology, uh, evaluate it with our team, and the patent attorney or my supervisor uh, approves it from there. It goes to outside counsel where it ends up going through the patent prosecution process. So first being filed, then from there becoming a provisional patent application after 12 months, um, it's scrutinized by the United States patent and trademark office. And then, um, hopefully, um, before the third office action, um, um, I come in as a technical specialist, um, anything that's kind of materials or chemistry related, help the faculty with, um, the claims and the claims are most important thing from there. And, um, trying to get that patent issued and then when you get you hear about the notice notice of allowance of the claims then it goes from patent pending to patent issued so that's my Arizona State University job now where Vic comes in um, the technology venture development um, with these issued patents um, there's there's so many of them in fact today is the, today actually is the celebration of the buy dole act from 1980 where it actually helped a lot of patents at the academic um, institutions to, for it to be a lot easier for them to be licensed by vehicles like Vic to where they can form small businesses. Because before, um, the U.S. government just used to own them, and now the assignee. So even though as a professor or a researcher, you can be the inventor, um, if it's at a university, the assignee is usually um, the state since it's a public institution. So, so in that um, microcosm, um, Vic, we look at uh, the advantages, the novelty, the barriers that it overcomes um, with the current competitive market landscape. We look at the patent landscape, um, the market growth, and, and see how this technology can further um, advance uh, what's already out there in, um, in society. So they're usually utility patents. So you have different types of patents, design, utility, you even have plant patents. So you want to look for either a device, an improvement, a chemical composition, a matter which I normally focus on, or a method. So from there, we use another federally funded vehicle called um, an SBIR, so Small Business Innovation um, Research Grant, or um, um, the STTR, Small Business Technology Transfer. So this can, it's almost like the business model, basically, for for faculty, professors, scientists, or, or anyone um, more so getting off the ground because you can still be outside of the academic setting. But it's a great way to get that, that pre-seed um, startup funding to get your business off the ground, your venture off the ground, this intellectual property off the ground, and, and have it more in a phase one, a feasible study to see how this can later become a phase two, become more of an impact in our already current technology in our environment. So that's what um, I do here with Vic um, I scour online looking at different technologies. Um, I'm in the physical sciences division. So anything related to kind of like what I was mentioning, energy-related, um, batteries, solar cells, photovoltaics, um, fuel cells, and even uh, supercapacitors, stuff along those lines. And, and a perfect example is that is like our cell phones, mobile technologies. And in fact, even more so, unfortunately, the the silver lining in this, um, working is working virtually is that now you're seeing a a huge increase in like online technologies like zoom. Now, um, zoom is a household name now. And, and, um, it's because of the pandemic that we have to utilize these technologies, but utilize them in a, in a great way to further connect us now. But that shows where, um, intellectual property, um, they definitely have patents and, and stuff along those lines. Um, fun, funny story. Uh, I think all of us can can say this. We've been on so many Webex, Zoom, Google Hangout calls. I was on a, ASU had a, the guest speaker, the CEO of Zoom on there. So I was on a Zoom call with the Zoom CEO. So that was kind of fun. That's awesome. And, um, but yeah, other than that, this is where innovation spurs from. So, so out of a series of misfortunate events like this, now we're seeing a huge spur in technologies virtually. And then also biosensors as well we're going to see um, a huge play in that where stuff that can um, diagnose COVID-19 with different technologies like um, Avid, but then different um, vaccines that are coming out that spins out of intellectual property as well, where it goes through the pr- um, proper channels of commercialization. I was mentioning where companies like Mordana hopefully they'll have a, their vaccine out on the market by um, 2021 after uh, proper clinical trials and stuff along those lines. So That is kind of the ecosystem kind of cradle to grave of conception in the lab to a TTO going through the patent prosecution process for patent pending. Then with these issue patents like with Vic, um, looking at these um, small, um, these intellectual properties to make small companies. And then um, for the greater good of society, um, advancing technology and betterment of society um, like we see as a lot of us are consumers of some form of intellectual property.
4: Wow. Okay, And you know what's (laughs) funny? I actually have a business in the chamber that I want you to meet. Oh, great. Yep. They are putting, they want, I believe, right? We don't know, but I think I can say what he's doing is it's like hydropower for your home.
2: Okay. Deuterium? Deuterium. Deuterium. So hydrogen H3O positively charged cherium I believe.
4: Jake White, if you're listening out there, <laughs> let it, us know. It's basically <laughs>
2: H2O, a water molecule with an extra hydrogen, which is positively charged. It's um, it's kind of unstable, from my understanding. I, but I don't know. But I would like to. <laughs> but it's actually a uh, something that they use for a chemical marker in um, some of the research labs at ASU. Oh
3: my gosh. I want you to meet my son. Seriously. He sent you sound exactly what I can picture my son being in 20 or 30 years from now. Oh my gosh. Inventor scientist. He loves all that stuff. He starts talking to me. I'm like, you're way over my head, bud. I can get little tiny snippets of what he's saying. Oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: And, and like, thank you for mentioning that because uh, I I always feel like, so first off, being in the lab, I'm a lab rat. I am, you know, and a lot of times we're trying to create a, create answers for problems in the real world where a lot of times we're not venturing outside the lab. So it was really when I became an entrepreneur. So I've been an entrepreneur since high school. I used to, I bought an old town car and when I was in Tennessee at Tennessee State and and um would take people to the airport, I, I can do about anything with my hands on a car except rebuild an engine and um and drop a, a transmission. So um mm-hmm. later down the road, I've done entrepreneurial ventures of solar ionics, so working with ionic liquids. So you're hearing it, you've probably already heard of nanotechnology that's more of a household name now. So ionic liquids is just basically a liquid completely composed of ions, which is water-free. And why do I say conduct ions? So you have lithium-ion batteries, so so, this can be a medium to conduct those for charge and discharge purposes and get away from um, other uh, flammable electrolytes where we saw those fiery situations with some of those batteries with thermal runaway and stuff along those lines. So, that's being utilized more. But then, also, um, besides solar ionics, I, I worked in Tucson with Metox Electrochemicals using some of these, another version of it, a molten salt. So, molten salt is basically like um, uh, an example I like to use is sodium chloride, which is household table salt, and but it melts at um, 800 degrees centigrade. So that's, I think, 1400 Fahrenheit, and it becomes a liquid. And what's the purpose of this liquid? Well, at one point, um, aluminum used to be more expensive than gold, from my understanding, like near the Industrial Revolution. And you use this molten salt. It's an aluminum-based form um, that obviously that's very hot. But you're able to extract the aluminum um, and whatever smelting process that 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 is invented for it but that's where um, using these processes you can make aluminum much more cheaper and that's why we have aluminum aluminum cans and, and stuff along those lines so um, right. so you see the inherent um, importance of science um, the commercialization aspect and, and stuff along those lines so full circle to the temporary chamber of commerce why we can have these conversations I'm actually a member of the Green Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. here. And I know the importance of the hubs like that now since venturing out the lab, being more of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.
3: So interestingly. Really important for all these chambers to be a part of. Oh my gosh, we have to. Yeah.
1: So I have a slightly random question and I hope it's not a dumb question, but I've been sincerely wondering for like years and I'm hoping that you have like a very simple answer that will help clear this up for me. So when, when Scott McIntosh found, uh, met you, which is, um, co-founder of of MAC6, Mm -hmm. he was very excited. He's always excited when, when he meets like scientists, he's very into science. Um, and he said, Oh my gosh, you have to meet Greg. He's incredible but he also is going to solve global warming. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, if you, if you believe global warming is an issue, which I happen to believe nuclear is the answer and Greg is working on it. So are you going to solve global warming? And, but my real question is how does, like, I don't under, I, there's so much I don't understand to even understand how to I don't understand what he means by that. So like how could potentially nuclear power help solve global warming?
2: Good question. Good question. And I have good news and I have bad news. Okay. So the bad news is I don't work on nuclear, but I definitely, um, it's a non-fossil fuel. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. But the good news is I would love to solve global warming. It definitely is an issue. You have anthropogenic, so, some of the CO2 p- produced by human beings, but then also the earth actually goes through natural cycles of it. It's just been exasperated with um, some of the technology that we've had since the industrial revolution. But um, I mean, if I could saw that immediately, I would be running for president right now. <laughs> um, I would vote for you. <laughs> thank you. I have one vote in Tempe. <laughs> yeah. and But um, just to talk about nuclear, it um, one of the I actually used to work with the Department of Energy in um, Washington State. So uh, Washington State, Tennessee, Columbia, um, in South Carolina, and um, New York. We all heard of the Manhattan Project, making the atomic bomb. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked up there working with fuel cell technology um, when I was a graduate student at the time. And they actually gave us a tour of the old Hanford um, site where they did some of the um, experiments with that. And Um, It was, you know, that was the first time. Well, from my understanding, one has explained to me that they really um, use nuclear power and and stuff along those lines. Um, um, But now uh, getting away from some of the devastation we've seen, like with that great series Chernobyl. Well, Mm -hmm. it was a terrible accident, catastrophe, but it's a great series on Netflix that kind of talks about um, what kind of happened. Um, you have Three Mile Island where we've had seen some of these meltdowns. And, and from my understanding, in South Carolina, they were trying to build a, a, a conventional nuclear power plant that didn't get off the ground. But now with 3D printing, with these carbon based materials, um, making modular nuclear energy now. So um, nuclear power is definitely uh, a non-fossil fuel. It's, a, it's sometimes I've heard it called as a pseudo renewable energy because um, it gives off the necessary heat that can boil water and turn spin ter- turbines. In fact, I actually um, took a group of students from ASU to the um, APS nuclear power plant here just west of the valley,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and where we're able to get a breakdown of, in fact, com- fun another fun fact, it is the largest um, nuclear power plant in the country. And um, another additional fun fact, it is the only one in the world that uses reclaimed water. So we live in the desert. Most nuclear power plants are by a large source of water. So, um, outside of that, that, um, it's going to be making it, it, it already is making a comeback because now they can make more modular 3d printed, um, type smaller units, um, kind of maybe more similar that you might see in some of these nuclear subs. But, um, at the end of the day, I don't want to say every type of, um, energy is bad because again, you have intellectual properties now that, that as a nice intermediate now you can scrub CO2 from some of these um, smokestacks or some of the soot or something along those lines where you can end up capturing that using ionic liquids and then transforming that, that CO2 um, into a fuel. So hopefully like methane or something along those lines. So, so you not only have the, your clean renewable energies, like I was mentioning, solar fuel cells, um, batteries for energy storage, where you can either store some of this energy, but then also um, your traditional fossil fuels that can be cleaned, uh, hopefully later down the road with some of these future patents that are coming out, spilling off into companies.
1: Wow. Well, thank you. That helps clear, uh, at least in my own head, kind of what Scott was meaning by that that comment. Um <laughs> And if you, if you do um, solve global warning, and even before that, I definitely, if you ever run for president, I will vote for you. <laughs> That's right. Me too. Um,
0: well, I
2: <laughs> so think yeah, I'll I run for to... governor first. Then <laughs> yeah. it's okay. small.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and Erica, let's talk about your work um, at the Tempe Chamber and what you do specifically. So we talked about an impressive number to almost, or over 200 businesses that you've recruited in your two years. What do you do in your day-to-day? What is your role? Yeah, so um, business development,
4: which is really fun. Um, basically, I just get to talk to really great businesses, um, different business owners, business leaders here in Tempe get to learn more about what they do. Um, if it's a small company, a solopreneur, or a very large organization, um, the Tempe Chamber can help. So it's just really listening and understanding um the business's needs and matching them up with what we have to offer. So engagement looks different for every size business. Um, Some people join the chamber because they want the visibility. They want to grow their network. Um, Some businesses want to um, get their brand out there. So they're really interested in sponsoring our events, um, sending their employees to our Women in Business Council or the Military Affairs Committee. We have a sustainability program and committee. Um, Or we have the large organizations that want to support the work we do, which in turn supports small businesses. So our larger investors, they invest in us because of our advocacy efforts. Um, Our CEO is a registered lobbyist at the city and state level. Um, She's also the legislative chair of the Um, East Valley Chamber of Commerce Alliance, which is the largest business advocacy group in Arizona. Wow. And I love to say we have a larger lobbying power than the Phoenix Chamber and Arizona Chamber combined. So we're heavy hitters over here. Um, So yeah, so the larger organizations support the chamber so we can bring different programs together. Like we just launched the Tempe Chamber Business Academy. We have the Leadership Speaker Series coming up in December or in January or we have a sustainability summit every year that might interest you. Um, and then programs like Kelly's really involved in um, the business owners form. So again, going back to that word community, it takes everybody to have, you know, it takes a village, right? I think that's the Definitely. term. It's
1: mm-hmm. very true.
4: Yeah. And so a good client for me would really be, Anybody that's open to supporting the community that's more, I would say, transformational in nature than transactional, mm-hmm. our Tempe Chamber members, they join for the educational opportunities um, to be recognized as a leader. Um, so we're not here to sell you something. You know, that's not what we do here. We want you to form relationships. So you go from personal to trust to trust to the sale, if that makes sense. So, yeah. long story short, transformational rather than transactional.
1: I love that. We always say at Max Six, we love want people that are. Oh, sorry, great. Um, that were that are relational um, and not transactional, but I like transformational mm-hmm. too. Yeah.
2: Likewise,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, we
4: you know we help a lot of people, and I think now more than ever we're super excited and humbled that our retention rate is at, I think it was 89%, which is pretty high, even, you know, considering COVID and our new member rate is on par with what we um, need it to be. Um, Eight new members joined last month. So that was really exciting. Yeah, Yeah, congrats! exciting for everybody in the chamber. And I always say like our members are the greatest and it's the members that make my job so easy. Because we are so diverse and there is, you know, again, that community feel. It's amazing. I
1: was going to say, I know the feeling. Our community yep. members yeah. that make my job very easiest as, right? as well. Yeah. Right. We have um, scientists
4: to the solopreneur to Wells Fargo or State Farm down
1: at the lake. So Just yeah. listening
2: to y'all. I feel like old friends here now.
1: Right? <laughs> It's awesome. So we, time has flown. We only have about nine minutes left, and I have some very important questions that I need to get to. Um, but before we do that, I just want to make sure, um, is there anything that anyone wished that I would have asked them that I haven't yet? Or is there anything else that we want to share before we go to my lightning
3: round of questions? I would say for anybody who's not a SMPCM chamber member, it's the best one of the best decisions I've made in every single business. I've been a chamber member over fifteen years for every single business, and there isn't a better chamber. Believe me, I've been in all the other ones in the valley, and so you're right. It it makes your job real easy when everyone is such a. You guys are so warm and welcoming, mm-hmm. and the the content and the committees and the awards. I mean, I won an entrepreneur of the year award, you know, with the chamber. And, and it's just nice, right? The 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 recognition, the relationships. I mean, my favorite mentor, Jackie Thompson with Southwest Airlines, is just a, a dear friend of mine now, going through the mentoring program. So, mm-hmm. if you, if there's something something for everybody, so. chamber. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Do you want my job? You can't have it. <laughs>
1: No, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I completely concur. I tell a story often that I, I also made my rounds around a lot of different networking groups and chambers and the only place that's ever felt home um, or most like home is the Tempe chamber. And it's, it's really the members and just people are really focused on relationships and getting to know your business and who you are. But mm-hmm. long before anybody's like trying to sell you something or like, you know, we've all been in meetings where people are shoving business cards in your hands or like just, yeah, none of that happens. Um, so it's, it's a great place to be. All right. Are we ready for our lightning round? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, um, let's see. I have three questions because I have to ask Kyle's question and we promised everyone we would talk about our favorite places to eat in Tempe. So we can't miss that. <laughs> so maybe let's share that and then we'll do our last two questions. So Whoever would like to start, do you have a favorite place? Maybe we should start with Erica. Um,
4: oh, do you... Well, we have to like put some context around it. Is it like breakfast, lunch, dinner? Is it kind of fancy? Like, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's
1: a good question. Um, I don't know. Anything you could, I mean, if you have one of every, of all of those categories, <laughs> I got that's one that good.
2: pops off Man. the top of my head right now, Lolli Bellas.
1: You
4: know what? Uh, I was yeah, going to say, restaurant. I was going to say, if you guys asked me the one restaurant that I want to try, it's um, Cafe Bella. It's the only one I really want to try, but it's been takeout only since COVID, I think. Oh, okay. And so it's quite uh,
2: the experience when you eat inside. Yeah,
4: yeah. I'm bummed about that. There's a lot of great places in Tempe here at Max six. There's hummus express just down That the is road.
2: another great one.
4: Oh, it's so good.
2: In wow, fact, um, so um Al and I were, going to take some time to go over there for lunch. Maybe we're all old friends here. Maybe we should we go should there for that. lunch sometime.
4: That's great. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And then, you know, you can't go wrong with um, Haji Baba or the Daba down on Apache. Mm-hmm. Those are all really great. Um, something a little bit newer. I mean, Alter Ego at the Canopy Hotel. That's new. Um, they just won Best New Hotel by the Phoenix New Times. Okay.
2: So that's,
4: oh, that's awesome. yeah, that's great. And then, of course, you can't go wrong with House of Tricks. That's an institution.
1: Yeah. So I've
2: still never been. I'm going to have to try that yeah, out. It's on should. my list now. Yeah.
4: And then I wish I had a list in front of me of all of our Tempe Chamber restaurants because they're pretty great. Boulders is right down the street. There's just so many.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Boulders for sure. That's a great place, especially with Maxix to, like, Run down and, and get some food. Um,
2: and very bicycle friendly. I'm a cyclist and they've held events there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started the first electric bike quarry at ASU. I mean, besides a traditional mechanical bike, I love electric bikes and yeah, we always meet in Boulders. They yeah. actually have a whole spot where people can put their bikes. It's a great spot.
1: Oh, that's awesome. There's a Vietnamese restaurant that's on Apache. It's kind of, I think it's like diagonal from the Daba, maybe like across the light rail. Whatever it is, I, I don't know the name of it, but it is the most delicious food ever. I love you. food. I love you're over there. That's one I'd recommend. Kelly, how about you? Anything jump to mind?
3: Word of mouth grill right by us um, in South Timpy is my daughter's favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, family-owned, of course. I'm all going to give you all family-owned. Yep. <laughs> the Sweetest Season has the best uh, coffee. But I, I used okay. to go there often for coffee dates. And Intentional Foods
2: is on the border between Tempe and Mesa, and they have um, allergy-friendly, so mm. we all do. So.
0: Nice. I'm going to have to visit South Tempe more. Yeah. I um, yeah. When I Go first moved to Arizona, yeah.
2: I lived on the west side on um, First Ave and Farmers, and then I lived on the east side by Mesa off of University. So never really hung out in South Tempe. I know they have that new Alamo house, but this gives me more reason to visit down there.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, the, you'll love the, the barbecue is the best. And Ghost Ranch when they were open. I think they're opening again, hopefully. They have I've the been best, to Ghost Ranch. The best taco, fish tacos. Anyway, mm-hmm. I know you have a lot more questions, so let's... <laughs> I know, yeah, <laughs> and I'm continue. getting really hungry now.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, okay, late lunch so for that. our last two questions... Us to wrap up. Um, the first question that we love to ask is, what's your favorite book? And would you recommend it? And if you would, if you wouldn't recommend that book, what book would you recommend? And then the second question um, that we've been asking is what skill or lesson have you learned through COVID that you are going to bring forward um, into the future? So let's see, let's start with Kelly, because she's heard these questions before. (laughs) So while you guys think, Uh, Kelly, what's your favorite book?
3: This, for people, for entrepreneurs, this is marketing, uh, is a really good basic book for anybody, and you can just keep listening to it over and over and over again. Um, I keep taking more and more and more notes to give, you know, to help my clients with. Um, But I like, I love their... Instead of looking at the, you know, who's your demographic, look at the psychographics of people, um, which I really love. So that's, this is marketing. Kogan, I think is his name. I don't know, but it, it's really easy. This is marketing. And then um, what I know for sure, uh, Oprah's book. I love, love for life. Yeah. And what's your life lesson
1: or skill that you've learned through COVID that you want to take forward with you into 2021?
3: Silver lining, uh, has been my finding the silver lining, uh, ever, you know, used to be once a month and once a week. Now it's almost every day I purposely picked the silver lining, you know, say, oh my gosh, you know, my husband got COVID. Oh my gosh, you know, the kids are home and what the heck are we going to do with business? But finding the silver lining, like dancing with them in the, you know, having dance parties in the afternoon or, you know, getting kept lunch with the kids or Um, having the time to be home and work from home and, you know, just continuously finding the silver lining is really helped um, and, and just makes it, you know, easier to deal with if you find the silver lining every day. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 I've, heard, I've seen you post about it or talk about it before, and I've, I've actually found myself using that tip. So thank you for sharing that.
3: Good.
1: It's easy to get in this, like, oh, my God, this is awful, and just step back and think, well, what's the silver lining? Um, so thank you. All right, let's see. Greg, how about you? What book, um, what's your favorite book?
2: You know, I was kind of thinking about that one while sitting here, and I remember my brother had recommended me one um, a while ago, ab- um, while ago. Um, so I'm actually thinking of two books. So one is um, The Alchemist by Paula Coachello, uh, if I pronounce his name right. Um, really good and, you know, fitting being a chemist. I was kind of intrigued about it, but um, if people are familiar with alchemy, it was turning non-precious metals into precious metals, in particular gold. And really in The Alchemist, he really transforms um, himself into something that would seem to be more valuable um, through his journeys of um, um, going throughout the world. And, and not only was it, you know, he had this own methodology, but, but it was very spiritual too. So mm-hmm. I'm also not only a scientist, but a, a very um, metaphysical spiritual person as well too. I actually see you have your beads on your wrist too. I actually wear, they're not Camoyo beads, some kind of stones I like wearing, but uh, it was just really empowering in that sense. And the other, I'm a sci-fi fanatic, and the other one is by um, uh, Michael Keaton. Um, not Michael Keaton, but um, it's called Prey. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Um, very famous book that got him off the ground, um, and it talks about nanotechnology when it kind of first came out, and it started in a national lab in California and kind of spread into the N- Nevada desert, and um, and it was just very good um, in the writing to where it, I actually visualized myself while I was riding the train from, um, I lived downtown, riding in in the Tempe going to work where, you know, I felt like some nanoparticles might end up attacking us swarming through the the train or something. So it was just kind of a fun book to kind of take my mind off of, um, using science fiction and, and working on stuff that science fact.
1: Awesome. I, I love alchemist. It's one of my all time favorites. And okay. I always think about, okay, Jennifer, if you really want this, the universe will conspire to help you achieve it. Yes. And so I always think like, but the universe is going to make sure you want it. So just, you mm-hmm. know, yep. commit. And I see Karen in the corner? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So what's the one thing that you have learned through COVID that you want to bring forward?
2: Oh yeah. Really good question. So first off, I know to remain active cause it, because of COVID-19, I I gained the COVID. I heard the average was Mm COVID-20. So um, definitely being more active again. But then what I realized is that you can make an impact um, no matter where you are. So like I was mentioning, I work at ASU, and and, um, ASU actually um, made an effort to look for all their COVID-related intellectual properties. And um, the FDA has this emergency use action to where they actually wanted to get all those technologies out um, make them more readily available for companies. So I work in the physical sciences division. So a lot of vaccines and anything chemistry related like that is on the life sciences side, but you also have to think about PPE, um, personal protective equipment, um, 3d printing on um, diagnostic materials. So we had intellectual property with that. So I help kind of um, collect um, comb through our, our inventory, our repository I'm, based on, I'm a member of the American Chemical Society based on some criteria from that and kind of came up with a report and kind of helped support our um, Sky Song team with that. So it was a, a minuscule, small effort, but part of a larger effort mm-hmm. that we did. So now I can say I did something in 2020 for that. So that's the silver lining: that, hey, um, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, there's some way you can impact and help us all stay safe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's awesome. So interesting, too. i have so many more questions, but we're, we're really running out of time. So, we can definitely talk offline. Yeah, for sure.
2: Or we can all come back for part two.
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> and Erica,
4: how about you? What's your favorite book? So I'm going to be real with you guys. I love chicklet, but I'm not going to share any chick literature, you know. Like, but I'm not sharing that. I'm going to be the professional that I am. <laughs> no, actually, there's one that kind of is more of the self-help, self-help lines, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Get your highlighter. self are good. Yep, Get your highlighter. So read it good. a full time. So good. My sister that gave that Untamed. Oh, yeah. My sister gave that to me for my birthday this summer. And I think we're going to reread it together. And do the highlighter situation because Mm -hmm. it's just easy to read, very impactful, straightforward. She doesn't beat around the bush. Um, Yeah, so it's great. Um, And then the silver lining. I have two or soon to be teenage daughters, soon to be 13 and 16. And they are smart. They are smart, bright young ladies. They're caring. They're empathetic. And, you know, they're on TikTok. They're on Snapchat. And we like to give kids a hard time about that. But they learn a lot. And I'm so proud of the young ladies they are. And even if we're not getting along, even if we're looking at each other, they're at the dinner table like, what are you saying? Why are you saying that? They are beautiful young beings, and I'm happy to spend extra
1: time with
2: them. I know. That's right.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. So my last question quickly, where can we find you all um, to learn more?
3: So, Kelly. Kelly. Kelly uh, Lorenzen, KLM Consulting. I'm on all the social media (laughs) platforms and website, klmconsultingandmarketing.com. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Greg, how about you? Where can we connect?
2: Yeah, really good question. So, man of many hats, but man of one lab coat. (laughs) And you can find me on best right now is on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. um, Tucker. And I also do consulting as well, STEM Chemist Consulting. Um, and um, you can find me on Twitter at um, STEM Chemist.
1: Great. Thank you. And
4: Erica? Yep. Erica Acorn at the Tempe Chamber. Um, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. And it's E-R-I-K-A and Acorn Like the Nut. <laughs>
2: awesome. do not <Can't> forget that. <laughs>
4: right? <laughs>
1: All right. Well, thank you guys for being on today's show. Um, it was an incredible conversation. We do need to grab that lunch um, or part two or maybe and part two. Yeah. But until next time, thank you for being an awesome part of our community.
2: Yeah, this was great. Thank you for having us, Jennifer. Thanks for having this show and um, looking forward to many more and, and listening to future shows. Absolutely. Thank you and so can't much. Can't wait to meet everyone in person finally, too. Yeah. Yep. Post pandemic. Nice. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.